Today on a little late episode of the Utility Man podcast, we have a big World Series preview for the 2021 World Series against the Astros and the Braves as we give you everything you need to know about the World Series starting on Tuesday night along with my predictions. NASCAR heating up coming into the last two races of the season as we cover everything that's happened so far in the round of eight and um, preview Martinsville a little bit before we go to the wild cutoff race. Um, A few NFL topics along the way, along with how my fantasy football season has spiraled downward. Uh, All that and more in the next episode of the Utility Man Podcast. Welcome back here to another episode of the Utility Man Podcast. A little bit late this week because I wanted to wait for all the um, championship series stuff to be done with so I could preview the World Series and... um, who knew this was going to come, honestly? I mean, just from my point of view, I was not going to predict the um, Astros and Braves to be in the World Series. The Astros, maybe, as they were definitely one of the best offensive teams in the American League all year, but um, not the not the Braves. There was one point on the show where we discussed um, if, we would, if they would even make the playoffs as their division at one point was really tight, but they ended up winning the division and beat two really good teams to get here, the Milwaukee Brewers and then now the Los Angeles Dodgers, who um, really a disappointing end to the Dodgers season. And um, that's partially not their fault because a lot of guys from their lineup were hurt or unavailable. Um, a few of those, including Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Max Muncy, um, Justin Turner. It was not a um, good end of the Dodgers season, um, but... That's not the topic of discussion today. That is the 2021 World Series. Um, I um, I will give my official prediction later in the show. This is filmed. This was filmed on a Monday afternoon. The game will the first game one will be on Tuesday night, but I am uh, pretty excited to um, to watch this. I mean, I um, I will cover a few strengths from each team. Um, well, just their biggest strength, I guess. But the Astros, that will be their offense. As um, if you just go down their lineup from every position, I mean, Martin Maldonado, Yoli Gurriel, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, and then Michael Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker. Like, wow. He's been, uh, I mean, yeah. Some of these guys have been crazy. Jordan Alvarez hit, was the ALCS MVP. Hits hitting, just hitting home runs feels like every other night. Man is uh, he can really hit. That's for sure. I mean, it's it's just very impressive to see some of these guys just at their best in the postseason because that's what baseball needs is their star players to really show up in the postseason and that's what's happened here recently with guys like Jordan. Really um really showing how good he is in this playoff. And um, uh, I think that, that the hitting the hitting edge in this will go to the, um, are probably going to go to the Astros because just if you think of how many just stars they have in their lineup, if you just go down, like, like I just did. I mean, Alvarez, Bregman, Correa, Altuve. Like, there's some studs in this lineup. As um, you run down the stats, I mean... They had multiple guys with over 30 home runs. They were the lowest strikeout rate team in baseball, once again, as they have been the last few years. Was that helped by sign stealing? Maybe. Who knows? But um, 
I mean, they, they nonetheless, they've been very good. And they have a lot of guys um, who don't strike out, including Michael Brantley, who is another guy who is, um, does not strike out a ton. And, um, I mean, they're just really, really good hitters on that team. So the hitting edge go to them, but the Braves, their strength has been um, their pitching as well as their outfield. So we'll cover both. Their outfield uh, consists of guys such as Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall. Um, all, all three of them are uh, trade deadline acquisitions, and um, they are, uh, they're all going to play at some point in this World Series as um, all three have played very well for the Braves in this postseason and the regular season. But, um, I mean, their outfield, has, um, it, was, it was very, very hard early in the season as Ronald Cunha Jr. was lost for the year with an injury, and Marcelo Zuna, with his legal issues, has not been on the field. So general manager um, went out and just loaded up on outfielders at the, um, at the uh, trade deadline and pretty much got they just cornered the market on outfield and really rebuilt this Braves outfield so that it's um it's very very good and hits a lot of home runs with guys like Soler and um Duval who both had over 30 home runs this year maybe even 40 but um I don't have the numbers off the top of my head but um very um very good players each of them and um they're pitching as well young young pitching with guys like Max Fried and Ian Anderson uh, at the helm of it, but there's an old veteran who will be starting uh, game one, and that is a veteran by the name of Charlie Morton, who started World Series games for the Astros back when they were in the World Series in 2017 and also 2019. Oh, no, no, never mind, not 19, he was on the Rays in 19. Uh, don't ignore me there. But um, Morton, uh, he was he's pitched well this year, as has Anderson and Freed. Um the pitching there, I don't really trust the Astros pitching. I mean, uh, Fran Valdez is going to start Game One of the of the World Series, well, followed by probably Luis Garcia, but um, Luis Garcia has been rocky at best through these postseason, and you would expect that because he is a rookie, and you're not going to expect a full comfort level for a, from a rookie in the, the the biggest stage in baseball, but um. So a very interesting Astros rotation there, and um, but other than that, I mean, still steady from from all. So I, uh, but I, I do I do like the Braves there. Um, but now to my official prediction, I'm I think I'm gonna take Astros in six. I think the Braves will um. I think the Braves will steal one, maybe two, and it maybe take it to seven. But I just think the Astros hitting is just so good. And even though many, many people, I know numerous, who do not want to see the Astros win this World Series because of what their organization has done and what they still could be doing, as we covered last week on the show. For more about that, go listen to the episode. Um, but it's, it's been really shady stuff going on with their organization. And I, um, I think Dusty Baker's done a great job uh, building them back up into, another, into a successful franchise with a chance to win another World Series. But I um, if they win this one, I'm sure they deserve it. Unless there's more stuff going on we don't fully know about yet. But I um, I'm sure that it is um, would be it would be an earned World Series title from this year. But the Braves, I um, 
I don't really know how much of a fight they can put up. They had they did beat the Dodgers, who I believe would have beat the um would have beat the Astros, but maybe not. I mean, maybe the Braves are just really good and they will pull it out. But I don't know. I think if if this game goes to seven, I like the Braves. But if it's before that, I like the Astros. So my official pick will be right in the middle at Astros in six. So that is all that. Now to NASCAR. The two first two races at the round of eight have been um, two mile-and-a-half racetracks, Texas and Kansas, both resulting in the same winner, Kyle Larson. And the playoff field is um, shaken up. We've got the official order as Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Busch, where below the cut line, uh, Ryan Blaney is one point back. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. is three points back. What a great comeback for him. Uh, we'll talk about the Texas race in a second. But And Brad Keselowski, seven points back. And Joey Logano, 28 points back. Um, probably a must-win there for the 22. Yes! I, I mean, um... Uh, yeah, um, now back to the Texas race. Um, pretty bit of a dud, but had some exciting moments, some calamity. A huge wreck on the back straightaway took out a lot of, a lot of cars early in the race uh, and almost collected playoff contender Kyle Busch, but he was able to get past unscathed or with, um, or with barely any damage. Um, he was able to continue, but later in the race, the playoff calamity started as... Um, Joey Logano lost an engine in, uh, or later in the final stage, which, um, interesting stat here, was the first time Joey, a Joey Logano-driven car has failed the race of a blown engine in six, or not six, seven years since 2014. So uh, the engine department there with the, um, the Roush Yates engines are usually very, very good. But um, just couldn't handle the uh, 500 miles at Texas in um, for the 22 car. But um, Brad Keselowski also having an issue with tires. Um, it was either a loose wheel or a, a blown tire. I can't remember which, but he um, was uh, forced to make a... Um, not Keselowski. Wait, what am I... I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, I, think, I think that was that was in Kansas, so... Sorry, but Martin Truex Jr. later in that race also got some, uh, he misjudged the um, exit of turns three and four, came down on Daniel Suarez and was turned into the outside wall, unable to finish the race. Truex uh, left Texas 28 points below the cut line, looking like a must win. And um, I mean, and Joey Logano left 49 below the cut line, also looking like a must win. But um now, but then we go to Kansas, and that's when everything unrival, unraveled for playoff drivers, except for Kyle Larson. Uh, and Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin, who all had good days. But everybody else had issues. Well, not Logano. I'm not, I'm not counting him because he's already in a must-win. Brad Keselowski had, um, he scraped the wall early in the race, had to make a pit stop. When one lap, when he went two laps down, got one back, but didn't catch a caution and could never recover. Ryan Blaney pounded the wall early in the race, had to make a pit stop, came down, recovered from that, but got no stage points and um, was um, and eventually misjudged a um, or not misjudged. Austin Dillon got loose underneath him, hit the hit the 12 car in the in the um, the left rear quarter panel and sent him into the outside retaining wall, ending the 12 cars chances uh, at the win today. 
and um, sending him out of the race. Um, Martin Truex Jr., the same as Keselowski, scraped the wall and um, had the pit for a flat tire, which um, which caused him to go very far below the cut line. But Truex was able to rebound for a top ten finish. Kyle Busch also below uh, above above the cut line for um, going into the event, but uh, had an abysmal day. Hit the wall early, a flat tire, and then pancaked it a second time, really just destroying the right side of the race car. But the crew worked really hard to get him out on the track. Six laps down, continued to run. Decent lap times, actually, but he can't do anything because it was, um, say he's six laps down. Um, so the 18 car was able to keep logging laps and um, keep gaining positions on slower cars, and luckily enough for them, as Ryan Blaney wrecked out of the event, they were able to pass Ryan Blaney in the scoring to gain more points than Ryan Blaney. So Blaney now is below the cut line, and Kyle Busch is above it. But at one point in that race, while Blaney was still running and Kyle Busch was wrecked, he was 28 points below, looking like a must-win. So I... um. So all all Blaney had to do was finish that race, and unfortunately he got in. Uh, Dylan got into him, but it was a um, a hectic race there. And then later later in the race, uh, Ryan Newman pounded the wall, causing everyone to have a split decision. And um, what was what was the um, what was the result of that Ryan Newman spin again? And we have a caution. Right. Now, because of this, leaders were split on whether to pit or not. The uh, Kyle Larson stayed on the racetrack, but William Byron, who I think had the fastest car, stayed uh, or he went he went down to pit road and got tires, basically giving away all his track position and never got back up toward the front to challenge for a win. It was then left up to Larson and Chase Elliott to battle for the win, and um, it was given up to. Um, so it was given to Kyle Larson as he wins ninth of the year. And at this point, I'm done gathering ways that Larson can lose this championship. He, unless he goes and by some fluke scenario loses the championship, it doesn't matter. He's the driver of the year, which is why I am calling upon NASCAR. I'm giving, I'm giving a suggestion. My suggestion is to create a most valuable driver award. Much like um, the most valuable player award in uh, other sports. This award will, um, will show a driver that had, another, that had a great season that did not win the championship. Or maybe had such a dominant year and did win the championship that he wins both. But this driver, like last year as an example... Kevin Harvick had nine wins but did not make the championship, had a dominant season. So Kevin Harvick would be the driver of the year or the most valuable driver because he had nine wins. And as um, even if, Kyle, like, say Kyle Larson missed the championship this year, has nine wins and, miss, and hypothetically misses it, he would be the most valuable driver because he had a great season. Um, this also applies to the big three back in 2018. You could have picked Harvick, Kyle Busch, um, or Truex. Probably Kyle Busch because he had eight wins that year and um, did not win the championship. But my point is, if there's a driver who gets snubbed of a championship, 
under this current point system with the playoffs, which I don't arguably, I don't really disagree with them because you have to perform every week if you're a championship level driver, like um, Kyle Larson's doing. He's really earned this championship. If he if he gets it, of course, he might not perform at Phoenix, but it's a um. I mean, many people are saying it's just a game of chance, but it's not really. Like, you um, you can you still can control what you do in this time of year. Yes, if you have flu, if you have one fluke race, then you may be put out. But if you're so good in the first place that you get playoff points, having a bad or like a fluke race won't matter much, because those playoff points will bail you out for a little bit. And if you're so good, then you'll just you'll make it anyway because you're a good you're fast you have a fast car. Now, all right, that, that, that's another rant for another day, but you hear my opinion. I, I still think the most valuable driver award is a good idea. I just don't, again, I don't want it to become like the NHL where the guy who wins the Art Ross trophy will win the, um, will win the Hart trophy because it's, it's, all, it's the same guy every year because he won, the, he had the most points, but he was also the best player. So it, it's it's stupid like that, but I, cause I, but I don't want the NASCAR one to become that, hypothetically. I, I, I wish they'd do it because it's, I feel like it would be a good idea to um, really honor like the, vet, the best driver of the season that didn't win the championship. But um, also that takes like um, uh, valid, validity, validity away from the championship. But whatever, that's again, another conversation for another time. But I think it's an idea worth looking into. Uh, well, quickly, before we end here, we will quickly skim over some NFL topics. Um, a few weeks of NFL have gone by since, and um, the Chiefs is the big story. The Kansas City Chiefs are, once again, below 500, as the, uh, the Chiefs are 3-4 and four and have lo- and lost and got blown out by the Titans my um my observation a few weeks ago was that guys were just taking out their skill players, but Patrick Mahomes has not played well. I watched a little bit of the game on Sunday before the um before the cup race started. They played really bad. Or not they they being Patrick Mahomes. He did not play well at all. And um I, I just I don't understand how um how you could go from an MVP level to just like a pumpkin in one season. Mahomes has not played well at all. And that needs to change if the Chiefs are going to turn this around because here come the LA Chargers at um four and two. Once they oh four and two, it's not that much. The Chiefs are three and four. And the Chargers just had their bye week. They're playing the Patriots next week on um national TV. That's shaping out to be a win with the way they're going. And um, the Chiefs have the Giants next week on Sunday Night Football, to which they are favored by 10 points, which I don't understand. I don't know why the Chiefs are favored by 10 points. They're, we might just have to accept, this may be an overreaction, but we may have to accept that they might not beat the Chiefs anymore. It, I'm, it's so weird to discuss this because it's just, um, I don't know, man, it's just weird. Like, if... Maybe it's it's hard to how it's hard to judge this. So right now my official opinion will be I'm just gonna hold off, see how they play the next three or four weeks, and then then we'll discuss it. So, I I just I don't know. It's it's a hard one to predict because they could be, this could be the fall of a dynasty or just a little dry spell. Like we really don't know. Um, yeah, that's all I gotta say on that.
Um, so I don't. I won't go through the scores of every game and what happened like I usually do. But I uh, will cover my fantasy sports. Um, this obviously was filmed on a uh, Monday night, so I am not done with my current matchup. But I am currently leading um, over my opponents with uh, with him having Alex Collins in the Monday Night Football game and me having my kicker. I think I believe I'm up by a decent amount of points. I will check the exact portion in a minute. Hold on, I'm playing up right now. Uh, it's not, uh, not, not currently loading, but... Um, a big week for Mike Evans, 31 points, three touchdowns, gave me a, um, a nice little, um, nice little points buffer for this week, and, um, it really, uh, really helped me out, so, thanks to Mike Evans, I guess, for giving me a little, little bit of thing there, I mean, with, uh, a few guys out with bye weeks, could not play Kirk Cousins this week, my out of nowhere, decent quarterback, and, um, I believe the Steelers' defense could not play either, but, um, that's minor, I can easily replace that, um, also, both my running backs are now injured, as Saquon Barkley and David Montgomery are both out, so my running backs are not looking good, James Conner and Devontae Booker, not their favorite running backs, but, It'll work till they get back. Scored a total of 26 points this week. Booker with 14. Connor with 12. And I, if everything plays out the way I think it could this week, I think I'm, I'm up 125 to 103. It could put me to 3 and 4 in my main money league. So here's hoping that will be how that goes. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much it. Me and my... League last week was nothing really to talk. My fantasy league last week was nothing really to talk about. We just lost, and everybody played bad. So there you go. But uh, thank you for listening to this week's uh, edition of the Utility Man podcast. It is a um, it's a fun time doing this show. So maybe um, give this a recommendation to your friends. Maybe you're not friends, but you can bond over this podcast, I guess. And um, please share, subscribe, follow, like, do whatever. Um, one more announcement before I'm done here. I do have a, um, a gaming channel, live stream, whatever, that I do play video games on, on, uh, weekends. So if you're going to go one-on-one with the great one, as they say, um, I will put the link in the description to this podcast. You can go to my, my Twitch channel and, um, check out what I do there. But other than that, that is it. Everybody keep your eyes out for new episodes and, uh, have a great week.